Cash. Morning, Zach. How we doing, brother? Man, enjoying the best day ever yourself. Of course. I, I wish I could say that. I got I to gotta get practiced on how you do that because well, I don't want to steal your line either. You know what I mean? Hey, everybody is free to use it because I figure if everybody is living their best day ever, we're all going to be in a happier place. And all of this news that we're telling people is going to be positive. We don't have to worry about the negative side effects of it. Yeah, I, I I don't know if we're there yet. I, I, I got you. I got you. So but how I mean, was your week? Oh, it was wonderful, and it, it was capped off with driving to you. And I, I think I'm going to start this just you know nice little weekly segment. Those highway signs. There was a new one as I was coming <laughs> to see you. Not nearly as good as last week, but it was. It's a car, not a phone booth. And I've got to tell you, it took me about 30 seconds for that to register what it meant. Yes, I, I was just like, what a phone booth? Like what? This doesn't make. Oh, don't talk and drive. Okay. Blonde moment there, yeah. Yes. But uh, you know what I do when I drive? What's that? I listen to podcasts. (laughs) It's that. Simple as that. I do too. So everybody, stop talking on the phone and start listening to podcasts. That is going to be Tell your friends to listen to us, the podcast on your phone. But Uh, no, it was a nice, simple week for me. Because I, I know where you probably had a dreadful week with what Don't started you dare for say you. the word simple in my week. <laughs> yes. But uh, nice and easy today is we're recording on Saturday, so it's National Disc Golf Day. I hope a lot of people were able to enjoy it and get better and grow the sport because it's something that means a lot to me. And just seeing all these parks being used in wonderful fashion, working with some people to get one and all of Branch to grow the sport out here a little bit more. Well, you know, it's one of those sports that anybody can play, you know, and have fun. It doesn't matter what good you, level you are. You don't have to have expensive clubs. You don't have expensive stuff. You know, it's not like it has to be perfect, immaculate turf. I mean, there's just so many things that are positive. Plus, it connects you back with your childhood of throwing the old Frisbee around. So, I think it's a Maybe. great sport. I hope it actually does take off. Well, I mean, and like you said, anyone can play it. This is something my, me and my dad have always had a wonderful relationship, but it's something that has helped make us bonded a little bit more. Even with my brother, we'll enter into tournaments. It keeps him active. And I mean, he's over 60 now. So you think about there's not a whole lot for an older generation to do, but they get to hang out with his grandson, who's five and nine. Yeah. So, I mean, anything you can do to spend time with your family, grow and re-embrace yourself with nature and just different people because it's harder to meet people. Well, if you're all out there enjoying something, you at least have one common thing together. That's awesome, man. I wish I could go out and play disc golf, but this week for me was get to work early, leave work late, but I'm thankful because I got to get to see the kids again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great to have a full school. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I was happy. I know there's a lot of COVID concerns out there and everything else, but having the kids come back in, seeing the hallways plush with kids and, and them being kids, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we took away the, we don't play the cell phones at school anymore. You know, they had their own technology. So it's not forced interaction, but welcomed interaction. You could just, believe it or not, you didn't see kids upset about it. You saw kids excited. They were talking to others and walking the hallway and, you know, and just interacting that. It just it, it got that sense of normalcy a little bit back, and that's that was what was great. It was just to see those kids. Don't get me wrong; 
you know, there is still a scare. There's still, you know, you're worried. We're still in, you know, an epidemic, however you want to put it. But we didn't focus on that. We no. focused on kids trying to enjoy the moment, uh, getting back into the routine of getting a good education in person. And they were soaking it up like a dry sponge. I loved it. And then to hear about how uh, our friends from last week, you know, Brad Meadows there and Lewisburg Middle, how they had a ribbon cut in this past week and how amazing it went. They sent pictures over there. Our own friend Lee Caldwell yeah. took pictures over there. Uh, you know, she's a fantastic supervisor, by the way. And uh, she uh, she had these great pictures of them doing the ribbon cutting, all these great people over there. And it, it's just very well received. Beautiful school. Beautiful school. I feel I'm very happy for those families and communities over there. Uh, it's just another example of why DeSoto County Schools is fantastic, and I'm not doing a plug in there because I work for it, but you know how it goes. Um, but I do also want to say, I think both of us want to say, is that we were very pleased with the outpour and comments and sharing, social media and everything from last week's episode and week before. It was just a phenomenal response. Hope I'm glad everybody enjoyed the episode and hope you all continue listening with us. No, and I mean, we can't thank you all enough. We've gotten numerous emails, people asking how to subscribe, which is a very simple thing. Just go to whatever your podcast listening uh, station is, whether it be Apple, Google, uh, Amazon, whatever it is. And then there's that little subscribe button or a little check mark. Click that. Boom, you're already there. So it makes it nice and easy. And then we're automatically downloaded into your feed. But Never miss an episode. Never miss an episode. But feel free to contact us with it. And just like you have, because the words of encouragement we've got, the pats on the back saying this is the kind of news that we want to hear. You know, we're actually getting to feel like it's local and specialized for us. That means the world to us. That's Absolutely. something that we've strived for since the very beginning. Yeah. Also, uh, you beat me to it, Cash, but I really appreciate the continued emails of these amazing jokes, guys. I, you know. Uh, by the way, a few of y'all sent a few jokes. You know we cannot play on the podcast, okay? So some of y'all need to calm down with these. some of these jokes. Don't get me wrong. They're funny, and I get that. But we want to try to keep this as family-oriented as possible. Um, it, it's funny. So, I mean, feel free to keep sending them. But there is a reason you will not be hearing them on this podcast. But uh, we appreciate say, sending them back and forth. Absolutely. So, all right. I, I gave you the mic this time. What we got this week? Right. Hey, Zach. Why did the lettuce quit his job? I have no idea. He didn't get the proper celery raise. That was lame. I'm, I'm just going to call it what it is. Oh, my goodness. Lame. Like, I'm, I'm happy. Celery not, <laughs> celery not getting its respect. No, it's not. Hey, Zach, what do dogs like to eat for breakfast? I don't know. Tell me. A pupper meal. I'm, I'm just, I'm just you're dismayed. You're 0 for 2 on these. Man. Oh, my goodness. You're just not a fan of puns. No, like, I mean, no, there's... no just, I'm not feeling these. Hey, Zach, did you hear about the award the guy got for inventing the knock-knock joke? No, I did not. It was a Nobel Prize. (laughs) Okay, so we got one. We got one out of three. It's not too bad. bad. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So you just, we avoid the punts and we'll go with it. Yeah, no. Or they they just got to be better than that. That's just my opinion. There might be people literally laughing right now in their cars. The the pupper one, I understand. But the celery, that, that is highbrow content right there. Wow. Highbrow. Okay. All right. All right. All right. As always, guys, we appreciate y'all sending those to us. Uh, it's always fun to put those on the podcast and enjoy it. There's somebody else we want to mention, and that is Team Couch of Birch Realty. Guys, they are the number one realty team in DeSoto County. They have been voted this at least four times by the DeSoto County Tribune, as well as they have been ranked nationally by several magazines. They are truly the number one real estate team in all of DeSoto County and basically Memphis and North Mississippi area. 
They have handled over 25,000 closings in the last 10 years. They have over 60 years of combined experience, and there is truly no one better that can handle whatever your needs are when it comes to real estate. There are a lot of people out there considering doing for sale by owner right now, and that has a lot of backfire potential, and you really don't want to get caught in something like that. And so I highly recommend you check with a realtor such as Brian to really make sure that you're not going to be in a bad situation. They do a phenomenal job, and right now, They are offering a free market analysis, and that is with no obligation. You can find out what your home is worth and the homes in your area are going for. And so you can see if you're looking to sell or if you're looking to buy in a certain area, they can help you out. This is a big tool when it comes to this, especially how this market is going up and down and as tight as it is right now. Don't waste your time trying to do everything on your own. Get the best experience out there. They're going to take care of you from top to bottom. Go to teamcouch.com. And check them out today, or you can call them at 662-449-1700. Guys, it is now time for our motivational message, and I have to tell you, this week's is pretty special. Um, once I got done listening to it, I kind of got a little more of a chill bump and goose. You know, we say that a lot, but this is one of those ones that really impacts you, and it's going to make you think a little bit, a bit about what your goals are in life and how you live life. And so I think we'll just go to it now and let you listen to it, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit after. When we're laying on our deathbed, you're not going to worry about how much money you had, how much power you had, how much prestige. You're going to see that that was all game, that that was all an illusion. The only thing that's going to matter is the impact you had on other people's lives. We are all on a separate journey. But the beautiful thing about our life here on this earth is at my funeral, they ain't going to talk about my success. They're going to talk about who Nick was and how Nick lived and how Nick loved and encouraged. Success is incredibly important, but even more important than success, it's having an impact. It's knowing you haven't walked the planet in vain. It's knowing that because you've been here, you've blessed lives, you've developed people, and you have made the world a better place. The effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Everything you gain in life will rot and fall apart and all that will be left of you is what was in your heart. Life is a mirror. And life gives us not what we want. Life gives us who we are. When you were born, you cried while the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way that when you die, the world cries while you rejoice. Wow. I I didn't think anything was going to necessarily top the Arnold one, and I don't want to say that it tops it, but... It kind of speaks along that same message and being able to have an imprint on other people's lives 
That's the goal. Oh, you you have no idea what it means to me to hear what that was said in that message because I tr- I try to model my life about trying to live life to the fullest and understanding what really is priority. I mean, I'm a person who believes I'm trying to learn as much and do as much in life and experience the fullness of life. But sometimes you have to remember it's the people you love that are around you are going to end up being the most important and don't let them ever become second fiddle to that. And, you know, and success can be measured in so many ways, but remember what you are going to be measured by when it comes to your time and, and stuff. And so if you keep that little nugget on your shoulder or in the back of your mind and things of that nature, um, I think it's going to help lead you on a great path moving forward. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And that is perfectly well said. Guys, we really hope you all enjoyed that video as much as we did. And uh, don't be afraid to uh, comment or like or anything like that. We, we get a lot of comments when it comes to social media, especially through Messenger. I don't mm-hmm. you know. I really appreciate that uh, when it comes to our motivation messages about people who really enjoy hearing things. Um, we're going to continue to do that every week. It's one of our favorite segments by far. And uh, if you have any advice or anything you've heard and want to send it our way, please do so. Go to the theobpodcast at gmail.com. Or like I said, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Send us a message. Send us a private message, DM, whatever you want to call it. Or if you just want to create a post, go to our page on Facebook, whatever. uh, And let us know if there's something out there that's touched you or you have an inspiring story or there's something you think people would appreciate to listen to. Hit us up. We really, really appreciate that stuff. It means a lot. Um, And if you enjoy it, maybe tell your friends. You know, maybe we can touch some other lives like, uh, you know, like the video is trying to encourage you to do. To be be that person that helps others. So uh, thank you again for that. Guys, someone else we like to talk about on our show every week and uh, have been doing it since day one, and that is Michael Hatcher & Associates. They are one of our founding sponsors and an absolute amazing company here in Olive Branch. They are ran by an amazing owner and leadership team that helps our community so well. They have been a part of most of the schools on the, in the Olive Branch area, have donated time, money, resources, and anything they are attached to, it is top notch. If there's a company out there that you would probably say is one of the best to work for, that is Michael Hatcher & Associates. If you're in a situation where you're not real sure about your job, not real happy with your job, or you're just looking for a new career, don't have to work at all, Michael Hatcher & Associates is a place for you. They are hiring even now, even as the summer is probably coming closer and closer to an end, they still need positions all over this company. Everything from the ground floor up to upper level, sales managers, estimators, project managers, foremans, they need irrigation techs, you name it. They have positions available because the company has continued to grow by leaps and bounds for the last few years. It is a truly special, special place. A few weeks ago, we talked about how they give their employees special bonuses for just basically doing their normal job and work because they show so much appreciation for them. It is truly a place to check out. If you're not convinced, go to their website at HatcherLandscape.com or you can call Gabby, who is their talent acquisition manager, at 662-755-3207 and she can talk to you about what opportunities they have and see if one of those fit your needs. Don't waste your time. This is a great opportunity. Now, on Tuesday, I was driving up to go to the Alderman meeting, and you're like, I hope we get a nice, easy one with a little bit of spice. And I was like, okay, let's not ask for too much. We are at an Alderman meeting. How much can actually happen? Well, I will say, with Ken Adams, I have seen more people come to these meetings and file some grievances or just ask for support than I ever did in the previous few months. So I don't know if there's a correlation of maybe we're getting the news out that it's easy to talk to the alderman or 
just more people are getting to know about it in some other way. But it is nice to see the community involvement in these Alderman meetings now. So oh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. I agree, that. man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you, you, you definitely sent me a message that said we got a little more fireworks this time. Yeah, well, there wasn't. It was a very easy day for the aldermen. They got to just kind of approve everything and then go into a nice little meeting. But it wasn't easy in the sense that some citizens were out here asking for some things. Now, we're going to start off with the easy one in which the House of Grace, which we talked about that deal that happened the week before with the Hot Wing Festival, the huge community involvement at OB Parks, that all of that fundraiser went to DeSoto Grace. And this is a fantastic organization that, believe it or not, is open 24 hours a day. And they have incredible. all their people working eight-hour shifts, and it's a domestic violence hidden shelter. So for people that are in domestic violence situations, they get to be put off in a hidden place to where the abuser cannot find them. They're not going to let them know their location. They work with the police whenever there's a domestic violence situation to make sure that these people are safe and they are vital to the community. Bravo to these folks. Bravo to the city for allowing things to be hosted here that promote this and allow it to happen. Uh, bravo to all these people who have been involved and helped. Uh, I think it's a great organization that helps a lot of people. And they go in front of the boards each and every year. Some years they're able to get a little bit of financial help from everybody. And sometimes the cities aren't able to allot it, but they keep moving forward. Last year, Horn Lake and Hernando were able to fund DeSoto Grace. South Haven and Olive Branch were not. We will find out in the upcoming weeks if we're able to put it in the budget. It is $9,000 that they are asking for from the city of Olive Branch. Let's go, city. I think we can cough up nine grand to help out this great organization. It is a fantastic one and one that is much needed. So hopefully we'll be able to have positive news on whether or not we're helping fund them. There you go. Now, there were some fireworks, literally and figuratively, in the Alderman meeting with the next local citizen. She brought up a bag of fireworks that you can even go to DeSoto County News and see a photo of. Bob Bakken took a fantastic photo of this bag. Good old Bob. Oh, absolutely. And happy birthday, Bob. Nice little shout out to you. Thank you for everything you do for us and the city. Now back to the story about fireworks. She is not happy that they are being allowed to be shot off by residents. She saw that someone went over to the Horn Lake Alderman and had they had a reaming for allowing it to happen. And I can say, driving through Horn Lake on the 4th of July weekend, there is fog and smoke everywhere. You can't see <laughs> And I don't know how it was in the city of Olive Branch around some of these neighborhoods, but she made it seem, and here's a quote, a war zone throughout the city of Olive Branch. She called the police multiple times. They either didn't come out or came out and immediately turned around. She tried to confront some citizens, which I do not suggest because... Do not recommend this whatsoever. Yeah, it, it went about as well as you can imagine. She went up to them, told them to stop firing, and they said, I quote, you do not own the street. We will do what we want. So she took photos and videos. Mic drop. drop. Yeah, <laughs> it's a rough one. But thankfully, no, no one was harmed. And that happened A-OK. But so people are continuing to fire fireworks. She said that they have advanced in the decades since that these ordinances were created, allowing citizens to fire fireworks. I don't know what has advanced because fireworks have been the exact same since I was a child. So I don't know what's changed. She was saying the mortars. They have brighter colors. 
do they? <laughs> like, I mean, I remember being a kid and just being like, man, I can't I'm, wait I, when I get older. Yeah. There's going to be smiley faces or words. I'm drawing straws here, man. Yeah. I was trying to come up with something to give her help, but I, I got nothing. Uh, I think she was pointing out that the mortar shells that we're now able to shoot out instead of just being seen at fireworks shows. But, I mean, it feels like those mortar shells have been around for forever. Maybe I'm wrong. I just, I don't know. I, I mean, I think everybody has their own perception, so. We could, we could debate this for an yeah. hour. But she's very worried. And she spoke about it in the sense of veterans having PTSD and having to relive some of these things. Uh, domestic pets, cats, dogs being frightful for hours on ends. And for right now, days on ends because people are firing fireworks more than just the fourth. It's the day old. It's the old adage of the thoughts of a few versus the majority. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, is the rights of an individual that they outweigh the majority of others? And like that. And there's no answer. No. I mean, it's a hard one. And she sides with you have laws that make these illegal, but you have city ordinances that make it okay. And the city ordinances are outdated because fireworks have been reclassified. So there's a lot of gray area that's happening. But even in cities to where you can't shoot them off residentially, Hernando, South Haven, or is anyone really firing less fireworks? No. I mean, like, they might, so- be, they might be on paper, but there's a big difference on what's an ordinance and what's being enforced. Yeah. And will that prevent people from going up to Memphis to go buy fireworks or down to Oxford to where you have some of the most pristine, beautiful, state-of-the-art fireworks shops? Like, yeah. no. So, to me, we're going to be fighting this regardless you're not going to be able to enforce it it's one of those you can't get us all when there's literally hundreds of thousands of people doing this no no i mean that's the thing you can't expect obpd to go door to door and tell people to stop shooting fireworks by the time they go four doors down guess what's gonna happen i mean people are gonna be firing roman candles at them like i mean this is a no-win situation and it's a terrible one but she lost me when you're trying to protect the geese like the geese the geese she was worried for their health and you talk about throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks (laughs) (laughs) i mean wow but they are high decibel so we will see where this goes uh the aldermen bravo to them listened to it and just ate whatever crow was meant for them and this lady is very passionate and i respect her right to be able to get up there and talk to them Absolutely. Now, do I feel like it's going to go much anywhere? I'm gonna. If I was a betting man, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna go with a. I, I just don't know what you do, and I mean, you don't want to get in the thing of trying to make the police police something that's not possible. You know, I mean, to me, it's one of those evils that you have to live with. Yeah. No, and, that's true. And I mean, thankfully, a lot of people get Fourth of July off, so maybe that's the time you take a vacation and don't really worry about it. I know that's a. Not the best of solutions, but what, what do you do? I also know is is that it, was she a singular person in there complaining, or was there a large group of people in there complaining? Just her and her husband. So again, there, it's another situation of you can't make everyone happy. Yep, you know what I mean, and that's just the reality of society and the world. And so maybe maybe because it was just her and her husband. Well, and just the income that fireworks bring. Like, I mean, they're paying taxes. And there's a lot of fireworks. Since other cities aren't selling them, they get brought in. And let me tell you, fireworks sold out quick this year. Because yes. we went to four tents to find anything worth a, worth a flip when it came to when we were shopping for fireworks. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. I, I don't know what you do. And hopefully we can find a nice little mutual ground. Agreed. The last person that came and spoke 
to the Board of Aldermen, it, it's a tricky situation because I remember playing in the street. But I also remember my neighborhood wasn't necessarily the most populated when I was growing up. True that. So it was a lot easier. There weren't many cars zooming through. Now, there's this neighborhood in Allendale, which we've talked about multiple times on this multiple podcast. Times. It is a massive neighborhood in the sense of it has a lot of houses and cars driving through it. Oh, you, you, houses. I thought you meant shoeboxes. But yes, houses. Yeah, yes, shoeboxes are very... I mean, we have big feet, so it very <laughs> very well could be Lady in the Shoe. It's just a pat. It's a patio home neighborhood. It's yes. Very, you know, tight-knit, small yard. And very narrow streets where people are parking on the streets. So this lady is concerned that kids are playing basketball and there's basketball goals in the streets where a lot of people own them because, well, you can't really put it in a driveway with how small some of these lots are. Dribbling on grass that doesn't really work out that well. No, no, not the same kind of surface. So she is worried that somebody is, there will be a tragic accident if kids are continued to allow to play basketball on the street. And she wants to prevent this from happening in this neighborhood. Not something citywide or anything, but just to prevent because, yes, there are posted speed limit signs, but are there really a lot of parents or other kids driving? That are following those at 7 o'clock in the morning or 8 o'clock at night when kids are necessarily in the street. I don't know. And it's a tough one to get behind. And it's a tough one to disagree with her. So here's my thing with this. I always take this back, this kind of argument here. And it's not about playing in the street. It's about the idea of the safety of people being preventative instead of being reactive. Mm -hmm. Or being proactive, we want to call it. Um, major legislation or rules changes or anything like that seem to only happen until after a tragedy. Yes. I mean, how many how many laws are named after somebody because it's a tragedy for that person, and then the law was created? There's one in Mississippi right now, the Harper Grace Law, that is affecting medical marijuana. And so uh, that just goes and proves your point. Right. So this woman is trying to do something proactive instead of waiting until someone gets hit by a car or something bad happens. And so you're kind of like, I see your point, and I, I, you know, I raise my hand to say thank you, and you know, I appreciate you caring stuff. But then you also go back to the other half of the coin of is that well, nothing's happened. So why are we trying to do something that it's not an issue? And that's a that's a sad way to look at things, but that is reality. Yeah. And well, it's and it's just kids need a place to play. Exactly. I mean, I mean, yeah, we make fun of the lot size and stuff like that, but you know, it's still a nice neighborhood. It's a good place to live here in Olive Branch, but kids want to be able to be outside. And I'm all for kids being out active and outside. I grew up in an age of don't come back until it's dark. You know, we didn't yeah. have handheld electronics. We didn't have phones. We didn't have Xboxes. We didn't have those things. And kids learned the value of social interaction, being outside, sunshine, vitamin D, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's what makes, you know, our generation and the ones that are older than us fantastic. And sadly, the newer ones are becoming less and less infused when it comes to the outside world, social interaction, and things of that nature. And so, and part of that is due to lot sizes and the ability to be able to play outside. Agreed. So, again, it, the, the, you know, it goes back to the rock and the hard place argument. You know, what's good for one? Is it good for all? You know, and so, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how this goes. So, this has already happened in South Haven. They have a neighborhood to where this has been outlawed for something like that. But it sets a precedence to where, well, we did it here. Now let me do it in my neighborhood. Just because, you know, someone comes, stands up, and doesn't necessarily like the kids that are playing basketball. So it it's an iffy ground to stand on. I don't envy the decision the aldermen have to make. But I will stand by whichever they do decide to choose. There you go. That's why they're in that position. 
Now, the three things that they did approve on unanimously that they had to work on was the consideration for the airport perimeter fence and the funding for it, the proposal for insurance coverage, and the approved annual audit report ending on September the 30th, 2020. All of these were approved unanimously. Good deal. Good deal. Now, was that the end of the meeting? That was the end of the meeting. Nice. Now, we're going to move on to the news portion of this episode. We recently were talking about the library, and funnily enough, they are back in the news as they are going to be changing their hours and moving up to 58 working hours during the week. This Bravo is, to them. This is impressive. I'm not going to lie. As well as they're going to be one of the one, few libraries that's going to open up on Sunday. Not few. The only in the county. I thought there was more than one. No. A, they're the only one? They are the only Boom. one. Look at OB being the leader. Absolutely. 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. on Sunday. And then the rest of the week, Olive Branch will be open from 9 a.m. till 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday. And they will also be open 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. Nice. Nice. Now, guys, the next bit of news is, is the city of Olive Branch's annexation has absorbed the new nail road in their city limits. The maintenance and upkeep of this will now be up to the city. The newly completed nail road runs east to west from Hacks Cross Road to Polk Lane. They had an awesome ribbon cutting for this this past week, and I hope everybody enjoys the new safe travels. Speaking of ribbon cuttings, we had three new businesses get theirs this past week. Front Porch Vendor Boutique and Monogramming, which has an assortment for ladies, men, and children clothing and accessories. Awesome. That's right. And Sweet Pea and Rue, a small family-owned plant nursery shop for the common and uncommon houseplants, garden plants, and others, was just opened up. And then finally, Fountain South, which is going to, it used to be a bed and breakfast, and now it's kind of an event for weddings, receptions kind of area. Congratulations to all three of these businesses for their ribbon cutting ceremony. Love seeing the city of Olive Branch grow and local businesses continuing to flourish here. Now, guys, I know Getwell Road is not technically a part of Olive Branch, but there is some good news on Getwell Road. They are now about to start an extension program to help the road for the further growth in the area, but also... They are now getting the pedestrian bridge. It has arrived this past week, and they will be installing it, I believe, on August 19th. So be looking for that new bridge where you get to walk across over to the Silo Square. This is pretty exciting news for the area. I'm pretty excited about it, and I was even watching it because I went and got a little free slice of cheesecake over at the City Hall Cheesecake there. Fantastic stuff. Not not a sponsor, but hopefully I, I, one I must day. have missed your call on the invite on that. Oh, there was a post. I spread it. I wanted everybody to know. Yeah, 500 I, pieces of cheesecake. Yeah, my, my text message was empty on that. You know, We're going to have a chat after this. Oh, we will. Okay. And it will be with me eating more cheesecake. But that bridge, <laughs> it's I, I, I didn't know what the bridge was going to look like, but nice little red metal bridge. And yeah, it's going to be sharp, man. It, bravo to them. Uh, it's cost us way too much money, but, you know, bravo. Hey, you know what doesn't cost much? And that's our buddies over at DeSoto Cleaning, guys. Look, I don't know how many people I ran into this past week. They were talking about how they need to clean their house up. It's time to get back to the norm. School year's going like that. I was pleased to recommend DeSoto Cleaning to several of them because a lot of them were trying to find rental uh, you know, carpet cleaning units like that. And they you were know all how taken. bad that is for your back, just being bent over and trying to use those things? I'm sorry. It's just not my jam, especially now that I know Brian and his crew at DeSoto Cleaning. Guys, call them today or go check out their Facebook page. They specialize in doing floors, especially like tile, grout, hardwood, and steam cleaning carpet. They take care of all your floor cleaning needs, and they do more, even more than that. They've got over 17 years of experience, and here's a bonus, guys. If you mention OB Pod, they will give you 15% off the quote, 
or the job if you had decided to hire them. And there is no obligation. They will come out, check out your place, let you know. And if you need any more convincing, go to their Facebook page and look at all their amazing videos of before and after. And if that doesn't if that doesn't convince you, I don't know what will. Yeah, some of you might be thinking, I don't like the color of my tile. Let me go buy new ones. No, just have him come clean it, and I promise they will be a different color. The one you actually bought. We're not trying to say you have a dirty house or anything, you know, but, <laughs> but <laughs> it, anyway, it's been give it a shot. It's a, it's a great company, guys. They're local, and they're a great supporter for us, and so we really appreciate you helping them out. Guys, another great sponsor we have is Rodman Properties, and that is at iBuyDeSoto.com. This is a local family-owned company that buys homes that are in disarray, bad shape, need updating, or possibly were lost in a uh, loss of a loved one or a divorce, things of that nature, or you're just a person who just wants to get rid of their house fast, doesn't want to go through the process of hiring uh, you know, professionals to come in, evaluate, do different things, whatever it might be. You just want out quick, and you're looking for a quality cash price for your home and want to sell it quick, close it quick, how, whatever the reason may be, this is your company. If you know someone out there that has a home that maybe fits any of these criteria, let them know about iBuyDeSoto.com. It is a fantastic website, and it, like I said, this is ran by Abby and Spence Robman. They live here, right here, local. They've been here forever, family-owned. They will take care of all your needs. You will not miss a beat when it comes to this. Please go check them out. They're a great company, iBuyDeSoto.com. We want to give a huge congratulations to the state champion Olive Branch High School girls basketball team for being named to the Tangle on the Trail Basketball Tournament which is on December the 11th. This is a premier tournament for top-tier talent in the state. I also want to say special good luck to an old friend. Will Hall is the new head coach at the University of Southern Mississippi. He is starting his first season with the Golden Eagles. I hope he has even more success than he has in the past. Believe it or not, Will Hall was a teammate of mine at Northwest Community College when we played for Bobby Hall and the Rangers. And during our time, we won a state championship and as well as went 10-0 and were nationally ranked. Will Hall went on to play for North Alabama and won the Harlan Hill Trophy, which if you don't know what that is, that is the equivalent to the Heisman for Division II football. Now, the only reason he wasn't on a major Division I program was, sadly, he was vertically challenged and where he would say he's 5'9", where I would say he's probably more like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, you know, but... There's nothing that would ever get in his way that he could not accomplish. The guy is truly a great person, great coach, and I wish him nothing but amazing success down there in Southern Miss. See, I would have said the real reason was because his offensive line probably let him down a few too many times, and those sacks were just piling up. Let's go ahead and be honest here. When he was at Northwest, <laughs> he broke every single passing record, every single touchdown record, and was the number one player in the National Junior College Association for the entire nation that year with as many records as he broke. But everybody looked at him as he was just a touch too short to take a gamble on. No, and that is completely understandable because short quarterbacks still kind of get that rap going on. They do, and it's unfortunate because he was a fierce competitor, trash talk more than anybody you can imagine, given he had 10 guys around him that want to take (laughs) care of him. But he uh, just a fierce competitor. And if you don't know it, he's the son of the legend Bobby Hall, he was one of the winningest football coaches in the state of Mississippi history. I was about to ask if that was his dad that was y'all's head coach. Yes, they are very, very similar. Now, I never got coached by Bobby Hall. He was the high school coach all during this time. He went on to do arena and some other stuff. Okay. But he also had a very successful tenure there at Madison Central before he retired. So, 
He's uh he's got a lot of accolades to his name, so it's it's a tradition in the family. So, and nice little joke, real quick. What do offensive linemen and AC units have in common? I can't wait to hear this. They're only recognized when they're not working. Oh, <laughs> this is so true, man. So true, like, burn <laughs> right. But it's funny that the kind of relationships that you build playing sports and the connections you get, especially in junior college, but also high school, because funnily enough. One of my old high school teammates and your former players is part of a huge business that is booming in Olive Branch, and that is Backwater Brewery. You are correct, Cash. Just an absolutely phenomenal place. Old Twinkie, as we call him, is our good buddy. Uh, him and JR run this amazing nano brewery right there in the heart of Old Town. Phenomenal place. It's right next to Side Street Burgers, which, by the way, has a fantastic menu. But, guys, they make the most amazing, unique ciders and lagers here. Right now, they have two new beers come out this week. The first one is called Wasting Away, and the other one is Margarita Guza. It's got a lot of salt and lime to it, and it's kind of funky, but very refreshing. You could really, really enjoy it. As well as, guys, they also have a special promotion going on right now, or they have a very special event about to happen. On August 13th through the 15th, teachers will come in and can get 20% off the entire weekend of their tab. This is the first full week of kids, and you could probably use a beer after this one. Or two, or as a lot of teachers do enjoy, margarita. Well, why not get that as a beer? This is going to be the best way for you to enjoy, and I am loving the Mexican kick that they are on because they have knocked all of these out of the park. No doubt. Guys, their hours this week are going to be Thursday from 5 to 10, Friday from 4.30 to 10, and then Saturday 4.30 to 10. You'll likely see Cash and I there because this is going to be a special event. And as a teacher, I'm looking forward to my 20% off. Absolutely. And if you want to take a little bit more home with you, they have those growlers in 32 ounces and 64 ounces so you can enjoy it while you're even watching the finish of the Olympics. That's right. That's right. That's going to wrap up the news for this episode. And we still have our fact of the week, along with an interview with the North Mississippi Transportation Commissioner, John Caldwell, and a nice little new thing coming up about high school football. Is planning your summer getaway becoming too much of a hassle? Then reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher of Magical Destinations. Whether it's a trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or a tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destination is locally owned in Hernando, so give them a call today at 662-469-6304, or you can find them on Facebook or Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. With summer here, are you looking to start renovating? Well, North Mississippi Dumpster is the local business you want to contact. All you have to do is head over to DeSotoDumpsters.com. You will be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs. They are open seven days a week and have fantastic prices. They carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site. They service DeSoto, Tate, Marshall, and Tunica counties. So visit them at DeSotoDumpsters.com or give them a call at 901-299-0916. Hi, right, guys and gals. I've got a special guest today. I have the Transportation Commissioner of North Mississippi, Mr. John Caldwell. John, how are we doing today? Doing well, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Man, I appreciate you joining me. I know you're super busy. I know your uh, your job as a commissioner is quite a challenging one. It takes a lot of your time, but I do want to say I really appreciate that. I really appreciate the service you do for the communities we have up here in DeSoto County as well as most of the northern state. 
Uh, I think that's really large. Uh, I also want to say a special thanks to your amazing wife, Lee. She is a fantastic supervisor for DeSoto County, and uh, both of you combined uh, uh, is a great achievement for this county. I really, really believe that. I know a lot of people agree with me, and so I do want to say from OB Pod and all our listeners, thank you for your service. Uh, thank you so much. It's definitely a labor of love, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to I'm not trying to keep up with Lee Caldwell and her efforts because she, she about outworks me every day. <laughs> she must be near you with a set of eyes on you or something. No, 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 no. I'll tell you what. Uh, I do get credit. People will say, man, I'll tell you what, that commissioner job is, is pretty taxing. You know, I know you're working hard. I said, well, I think I'm working hard. And I look across the room and and uh, I, I feel like I'm not working so hard anymore in comparison. <laughs> so i gotta got to keep it in gear. I hear you. Well, speaking of Transportation Commissioner, there was some big news that was kind of all over Facebook and the news, uh, and that is the new I-69 off-ramp interchange, what do you want to call it, right there at McInvale and Hernando. What can you tell the listeners about that? Well, I can tell you it, it is open. It's, they felt like it was safe to open, but it's still technically under construction, so everybody be safe out there and be cognizant of the workers that might be in the area finishing up some, some last-minute touch-ups on that intersection. And uh, it's, it's definitely a big project for us. And one of those projects has been going on for, for actually decades. And a lot of people uh, working together and, and standing shoulder to shoulder to, to make it happen. Uh, we're, we're real excited about getting that open and, and some of the relief it may provide for the Commerce Street exit, especially when we get around to getting that fixed. So you just mentioned the Commerce exit. You know, Is there a time frame or a goal you hope to reach that? Uh, there's not a time frame in there. That's uh, the sad part about this business. Uh, it is a, a long game, uh, right. so to speak. There's nothing short about anything we do. And I was kind of hoping I'd get elected and just grab things off the shelf, dust them off, and, and get them downrange. But it turns out that uh, there's a lot left to do. Uh, even though some, some things have been kind of in the works, so to speak. There's a lot of things that involve process and that comment of being in the works. So there's a lot left to do before we can actually uh, get to construction on something like that. So it's it's a long-range plan, and we don't have final engineering yet. We don't have uh, certain stages of preliminary preliminary engineering done. So we're we're a ways out yet. So it's, I don't want to do any false hope, but there's, there's a lot of good people working on it. Good deal. I guess the only other question I could ask for as a transportation commissioner is is that, you know, the McInvale exit opened, but they're also still working on the McInvale Road adjustment. Is there any uh, light at the end of the tunnel? Are we, uh, we have a completion date, you know, or a goal on that? Uh, there's no dates, and it's hard to set a date when you're dependent on weather. So, But it, it is coming in the next several weeks, and uh, like I said, weather depending. We'll probably do a formal announcement and a formal opening of the, of the interchange itself and, and McInvale when the, when the mayor says they're ready to roll. I understand. Well, that's not the reason I asked you to join us, John. I, I, I appreciate you giving me that information. I know the uh, listeners will be happy to hear that the developments and y'all are working hard. But the main reason I wanted you on the show is is that I was just very impressed. I, I saw that you have authored a book. I uh, I love how you were able to throw it out there and ask for people's opinions when it comes to cover art and everything. And uh, it meant a lot. And so when I saw the title, uh, you know, Semper Odyssey, which is a conflicts of a marine reservist, this was very intriguing. And so uh, tell us, what what motivated you to decide to write a book? Well, that's really simple. My father was a marine. He was in World War II, Iwo Jima, Saipan, Pinion, uh, through the island hopping campaign in World War II uh, as a machine gunner. He didn't tell us much. He, like most veterans of that era, sharing the stories was not part of their normal day. And so... We, you know, we get a little stories from 
boot camp uh, or maybe some liberty in Hawaii, but, but the actual escapades uh, of his time in World War II were pretty minimal. So he passed away, and it became readily apparent, you know, that those stories that he didn't tell are gone for good. Then I realized, you know what, I don't really tell any stories, and, and I don't have anything like what he would have had being in Iwo Jima, but at the same time, the only stories I have are mine, and if I don't tell them, nobody will. I thought I started writing uh, primarily for my children and the family, uh, and then as time went on, I started realizing there's there's more to my military service beyond what the children can be interested in, but maybe something that's a military families uh, but be interested in, even some active duty Marines that don't understand the reserve world. So it kind of grew into a, a military focus, uh, not necessarily about the family, but for the family, and I've actually been able to touch some of the military families uh, through this process, and that's been good. And so that was kind of the, the impetus. But as in my military service goes, it's in the reserves primarily, and it goes back to the civilian world. And my civilian world includes politics. So it goes into politics and out of politics and in the civilian world. So it's keep it derailed a little bit if you try to keep up with that. But that's part of the story. Uh, a reservist story is, is, is unusual if you're looking at it uh, from outside the military, and it's a little bit unusual if you're looking at it from the military side, if you're a full-time a Marine, soldier, sailor, airman. Seeing the reserve world and trying to understand it is, is definitely uh, a challenge. So that's kind of the long and short of why I got into writing it, and then it just kept growing. and turned out to be about 380 pages of, uh, of stories, and so I won't have the same uh, problem of not, have, not having told the story, so to speak. I agree with you 100%. I think there's a lot to be said out there, and I hate when it gets lost. Uh, you know, the, the loss of a loved one or a person in service or basically anyone, there's always a story to be told, and I think uh, you hit the nail on the head with that. So would you say this book is geared towards a, a certain type of reader, or is there something in here that any reader could uh, enjoy or any expectations they should have going into it? I think people that enjoy memoirs, Hit a wide range of subject matter, but they do like hearing that personal story and the personal accounts. I think people that enjoy memoirs would like that. I think the military side is definitely an interest, but also the families of military. And then it's definitely a political memoir. I mean, it, it's not, uh, you know, somebody running for president, you know, that they do a 120 page memoir, uh, but uh, there is some politics involved. And so I, uh, it's a Christian book. Because I am a Christian, there's a few scriptures I share in there to make sure that uh, you know the book's not written in vain, and and so there's a, there's a little bit of that in there. Not it's not heavy, but it's it is an important part of my life and an important part I needed to share. So I mean, you are explaining who you are. So if that's who you are, why not? And so I agree with that 100. percent So John, I know that I've seen you have a kind of a little bit of a book tour or a, a you know a signing tour. Now, how many locations have you visited so far, and do you have any locations left? Uh, so, if somebody was interested in getting their book signed by you, so yes, uh, we've had some uh, some book signings. We we started out with one in, in Hernando at uh, Coffee Central Square on Commerce, which was a great event and had great fun. Appreciate the hospitality uh, of the owners there that allowed us to to take up some space and time, and we enjoyed enjoyed ourselves immensely. Uh, and then we're able to have one at Reed's. Gumtree Bookstore in Tupelo, and we've had one back in South Haven at Magnolia Lifestyle Store there at um, Silo Square, 
And I just appreciate those people that have been a part of that. We have a few more coming. We don't have the dates announced right now, but um, the book is on sale at the Square Books in Oxford. It's on sale at the Magnolia Lifestyle Store locally. And we'll be doing some more book signings um, across the state, and we look forward to that. But it, a lot of those dates are, are pending, and so I'll, I'll get those announced to you as soon as I can. Well, we appreciate that, John. And is there a way to contact you uh, if, they're, if they wanted to get one now? To get one now, the Magnolia Lifestyle Store is probably the closest, easiest, if you're in DeSoto County. They're at Silo Square. Um, for those of you who know me, definitely you can give me a shout, and I'll get to you. But that's the easiest. I've already signed some books there. So they can get a signed copy. All right, guys, y'all heard that right there at Silo Square. The store is the Magnolia Lifestyle Store. So make sure you go visit that if you're interested in the book. And you can always reach out to John. I know he has a Facebook page. He's uh, he's pretty plentiful there. And I think you'll be able to have some updates on dates and times. And, of course, we will mention that on OB Pod. We're, we're excited for this. We really hope the book uh, becomes mainstream and success for you, John. Uh, I know you didn't write it for fame, but... It never hurts to be acknowledged for good work and uh, sharing with your community, and I think that's what you've done here. So we really appreciate that. Thanks so much, Zach. The, uh, I'll tell you what, the, the book is uh, one that I don't see as a, as a major commercial endeavor. I mean, I guess it could, uh, if the Marine Corps Commandant put it on the reading list, you know, where the Marines were required to read it, it, it might be uh, uh, something that gets some numbers. But um, I've already had a few replies from some people who read it and, and got some, something out of it that really made it all worthwhile and, and that, that feedback uh, of people who understood a little bit more about their family member that maybe has been in Vietnam and they became a Marine and it wasn't something they completely understood and felt, felt like it helped them understand it uh, that's exactly the kind of uh, reach I was hoping to get so that's, that's nice uh, the family is has been very supportive. I, I did have one sister said it made her cry, and another sister said it made her cry more than once. And then my little brother said when he saw how many pages it was, it made him cry. <laughs> I always yeah, count on the brother to kind of throw a dig in there, can't you? <laughs> That's right. So, and then, of course, my son told me it was, it was more like homework. He said, man, he said, I'm going to have to get my wife to read that book and then Jeez. write me a book report. Good so, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, there's there's some humor out there, and we've had some fun with it, and it's it's been it's been a great experience so far. So, uh, if anybody's been debating on whether it's worth doing, uh, I would definitely say you know go for it. Well, John, let me just say this from everybody: we really appreciate your service. We appreciate that you produced this book for us to be able to read and understand uh, the trials and tribulations in your life and not only for your family, but for your community family. And so that means a lot. And so I hope to have you on the show again soon and talk about further endeavors and goals and positive things around here. And uh, again, really, really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you, Zach. Look forward to coming back again. And, and we'll definitely uh, have some other issues to talk about as time goes on. Sounds like a plan. Thanks again, John. Thanks again. Have a great night. Do you think you're paying too much for insurance or you're tired of not actually getting an agent when you call? I think it might be time to switch to the home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Josh McIntyre is our local agent and supports our schools, our local businesses, community, and even takes care of all our insurance needs. That's home, life, and auto. Give him a call today, 662-893-5250, or visit him at his office at 6901 Cochram Road, which is Highway 305. 
Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873. Cash, I got to tell you, after having that interview, it brought up a lot of memories and I didn't mention it at the time because it just wasn't what I thought was appropriate, you know, but I just feel like it's something people need to know is, is that it is so true what he says when it comes to the level of the stories get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't get to hear about them. And it really it touches me that he's decided to write these so that people can hear and know. Because there's so much that's lost in life because of personal interaction that it doesn't get told to everyone else. You know, Alicia's, my wife's uh, grandfather, was a World War II veteran. Uh, he was stationed in the Philippines and um, he had a unique job. What you just, a lot of people don't realize was a big part of the Army when he was in it was is that he was actually an airplane mechanic. Shout out to Airplane Mechanics. My brother is a supervisor over one up in St. Louis. He used to be an airplane mechanic. So it's just funny enough that I know a little bit about that job. So when he was stationed over there um, during one of the heights of the war, his job was to make sure every plane that goes out into combat was flight ready and good to go. And Mm -hmm. every day, you know, not every day, but several times planes would come back with holes in them lost soldiers, men that, you know, went out there and gave their lives for freedom. And, you know, and the plane would be in terrible shape and things or, you know, like I said, and it was his job to put it back together to get back in service to help the war effort. And he saw a lot of things that would make the average person not whole again. That's how he described it. You know, I mean, you talk about PTSD, seeing some of the things that I'm sure he saw there's no way that he does doesn't have some things that would have broke most people. Right, and so um, it was really tough. He he passed a few years ago, um, but we used to have a special deal. We used to go down to Sardis and we rent the little cabins down mm-hmm. there. And for some reason, um, not even blood related, you know, we would end up on a, a park picnic bench, and he would just start talking about history and stuff. And according to the regular family, he never did it with anybody else. So it's a very special thing for me. And uh, one of the things that always uh, caught my eye was is that he. Uh, he told us that, you know, he would never let a plane go back up into service unless he test flew it first. And so you're talking about a plane that was riddled bullet holes, engine was gone, whatever, this, that, or so on. He'd put it back together with his crew, and he and he alone would take it back up and to make sure it was safe for a soldier because he said he would never let a soldier uh, die in a plane that he was responsible for first. And so you're talking about a man who flew hundreds of planes as a, to make sure they were safe for a soldier, that the plane was never a reason a soldier never came back home. Wow. And stuff. And so to me, you, you know, it kind of wells your chest up a little bit about, you know, that's the kind of person he was. That's the kind of dedication he had. And uh, he said he never lost a single plane in the, in the several years that he was on those islands during that. To me, that's a huge accomplishment. And it's a huge shout out to, a, you know, a World War II veteran. And, you know, thank you for his service and thank you to all veterans, you know. And so that that's, it touches the heart a little bit. It means a lot. And, uh, and that's why every week we talk about the uh, Honor of the Troops Classic. Uh, yeah, the Honor of the Troops Classic. You know, I think it's important that our community come together and uh, look up this golf tournament. And you know, if you have the heart to want to make some donations or want to be a sponsor, look up them. You know, they have a website. And if you want uh, more information, email us at dlbpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll give you some contacts directly uh, that if you want to be a part of that golf tournament to help celebrate veterans and current people who need help, especially at the Walter Reed, 
this is a great opportunity, and so we hope you would do that. Uh, and we're going to interview the people that put this on to yes, give yes. it a little bit more information and background about how important something like this is to pay homage to the people that have sacrificed so much. And we are able to give back to them in a small way. And it even benefits the city of Olive Branch in a way that we can't thank them enough in making us a Purple Heart City, making Church Road a Purple Heart Road, and in giving us a golf course that is a Purple Heart golf course. This is so much, and it's something that no other city has in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, it's, it's a great accomplishment. Let's make sure we expand on it. All right, guys, now it's time for that Facts of the Week, and this is brought to you by Rob Long of the Soda County Museum, located in Hernando on Commerce Street, right across from the Area 51 Ice Cream Shop. They are open Tuesday through Saturday and have numerous exhibits for your viewing and learning pleasure. Don't miss out. Your opportunity is right there in Hernando. So as the school bell rang past Thursday, welcoming our new children back to classes, we are still suffering under a COVID epidemic. But did you know that our schools have faced health crises in the past, including the yellow fever epidemic in 1878, the Spanish flu epidemic of 1917, the diphtheria epidemic, which was in 1925, as well as one that is often overlooked and has a huge health risk as well as most threatening was polio, which had numerous breakouts from all the way from the 1900s up to the 1950s. Even so, in 1952 was one of the deadliest years of polio for the U.S. when it had over 50,000 cases, over 3,000 deaths, and over 20,000 people, which a lot of them were children, were left with paralysis of different limbs or parts of their body. During these outbreaks and epidemics, swimming pools were closed, playgrounds were empty, streets were abandoned, and everyone had a terrible, forbidding sense of fear, then as they do now. As these are scary things to hear about, we hope everyone stays safe out there and has the best school year possible. Quick little movie synopsis about the Suicide Squad, not to be confused with Suicide Squad, which was the first one. Which was terrible. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. It is buried (laughs) deep into the core of the earth, never to be seen or heard from again. But the sequel, The Suicide Squad, lives up to its name very early on into the movie. I would give it a nice little 8.2. This movie came out on Thursday on HBO Max, or you could go see it in theaters. It was hard to cram into. Like, we have busy schedules. You had school. So we're going to give a full movie review on it next week. But I watched it in segments, kept coming back. So that should tell you how good good this movie is. Good sign. Good sign. But yes, guys, we're going to do the full recap and review of it. So Cash says it's an 8.2. So it sounds like it's worthy to go watch. And we'll give you the full synopsis on next week's episode. Now, guys, the last thing we want to talk about is tell you a preview to a preview. (laughs) That is uh, our sports section. We're pretty excited. We're ramping up for the high school football season. This next week, we'll be sitting down with Coach Jason Russell, Coach Alan Peacock, and Coach Dustin Hectorn. Those are the head coaches of Olive Branch, Center Hill, and Lewisburg. And we are going to preview each team when it comes to their football coming up for their varsity season. That means we're going to talk about their players, their upcoming uh, Jamboree games, as well as their first games of the season. Let the coaches kind of spell out what they're expecting, what they're hoping is going to happen, and how they predict how things are going to move each and every week. We're going to have these coaches on each week, and they're going to talk about their games from Friday night. They have a nice little post-game wrap-up for all y'all to listen to on Monday mornings. So make sure next week you catch all three coaches as they get to talk about our wonderful high school football players. 
So guys, that's a wrap for this episode, and I hope you enjoyed every second of it, and we hope you enjoy our partner podcast, or our brother podcast we sometimes call them, that is UTW, or Under the Water Tower, and they're out of Hernando. They do a phenomenal job covering their local news and announcements and so on, and they're going to be doing something very similar when it comes to Hernando and maybe DeSoto Central when it comes to their sports team, so if you enjoy ours, you'll probably enjoy theirs, as well as, guys, if you really enjoy what you're going on as well, we really appreciate all the positive comments. We hope that you're sharing our posts and our stuff with everyone on social media, telling your friends, your family, and getting them to subscribe to our podcast. That means going up there, clicking the subscribe button or clicking the plus sign. Sometimes it's a check mark. Whatever it is, please make sure you're doing that so you don't miss any of our content. Starting next week when we do the sports and all our school stuff, it is going to be phenomenal stuff. Coaches are really bought into this. We really want to promote our kids, our schools, and our community. But until then, guys, I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. We'll see y'all next week.